Hi, friends. Welcome to our 2020 holiday edition of the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi. Happy holidays, everyone. Yes, happy holidays to everyone around the world. As many of you know, I have been the minister at Unity of San Luis Obispo for almost 27 years. And during that time, we have grown to consider ourselves to be a trans-denominational ministry. And so we celebrate all holidays, all holidays that we can. Part of the reason is to honor the differences in the cultures and also to recognize that at the heart of all these celebrations is the idea of light and oneness and wholeness within each of us. And so this year, starting at the end of November, we celebrated Diwali. Since the beginning of COVID in March of 2020, we've been doing our services online on Facebook Live. And so during that first celebration of Diwali, we were able to share how the Hindu tradition celebrates the Festival of Lights, and it was lovely. They're all archived online if you'd like to take a look at them. The following week, we celebrated Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights in the Jewish tradition. The week after that, we celebrated Christmas. Our candlelighting services honor the light within each one of us. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, our teacher and way-shower, we also celebrate the reawakening of the Christ presence within all of us. This coming week, we're going to be celebrating Kwanzaa, which is another festival of light, and it honors the African-American tradition with unity, community, and an awareness that we are growing and learning and experiencing one another in beautiful and wonderful ways. And so this particular time of a very difficult year is one where we can remember, not only remember as in having forgotten, but remember and reform our memory to include the idea of the light, how powerful it is how important it is, and how, by remembering the light within each of us, we can connect in a very real and powerful way, which is very uplifting, don't you think? It is, that that kind of universal experience of, of celebrating the light. You know, we see it in cultures around the world, and, and it's nice knowing that even as as different and varied as we can be in our in our cultures in in our traditions there's there's still something that we can hold on to as as something that connects us yes it it's really important for us in unity and in new thought progressive spirituality to feel a sense of unity and many times we don't like to talk about the differences because we believe that differences separate us. But the fact is that they don't have to. And so we're learning in this new paradigm that when we recognize the unity of spirit and honor the cultural differences, we're truly adding so many dimensions to our own lives as well as sharing our own perspective with others that it just increases awareness. Honoring the differences is really important as long as we don't make those differences separate us. 
we need to recognize that those differences are part of the dimensions of the human spirit. And so today, we have decided to answer some questions that you have asked us and and talk a bit about the light as we look forward to the new year. So let's begin with our first question. How does it feel to be at the end of this year, and how are you going to prepare for the coming year? You want to start with that one, Matthew? Sure. Um, Well, to start off, how does it feel to be at the end of this year? It's certainly been a challenging year, but it's, it's a relief to be at the end of it. It's been a very hard year starting off with kind of high expectations. You know, I had a lot of hope uh, going into January, had a lot of really cool special events that I was really looking forward to participating in. Knowing that I was beginning my senior year of college this year, so I had a lot of expectations and a lot of goals and a lot of things that I was looking forward to. So it was really disappointing for all all of that to be shut off in March with the COVID thing, all of the gigs stopped, all of the playing opportunities in public and, and with each other stopped because it was now unsafe. And then on top of that, you know, we still had to continue doing our all of our schoolwork on Zoom, which... My school, you know, definitely did a great job trying to adapt, but even with the best efforts, it's still very weird and very different and very difficult. And then there was a whole lot of personal stuff we talked about in our previous episode, losing family members, losing my grandparents. That was so, so hard um, happening in, in two different times this year. So it's been it's been tough, but at the same time, it's also... Um, I don't know, I feel a lot of hope going into the next year. Like, obviously, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of work. You know, as a country, we have a lot of work to do getting the vaccine out to everybody. As a country, we have a lot of work to do healing the division. But then just personally, you know, you and I, we just have so much, so much work to do with all that we have planned. And and so whatever the situation is like and however it evolves next year, we really are going to have to challenge ourselves and, and step up to that challenge to, to do whatever it is we can. For me, coming to the end of 2020 is like coming to the end of a huge marathon, running and running and running farther than we ever thought we could, doing things that we never thought we would have to do. And being a part of a devastation that has taken so many lives. It's been horrific in so many ways. And yet, those of us who have survived it have come to realize how much stronger we are than we ever thought we were, how much we would be able to tolerate, how much we would be able to reach out to others for their support and to be a support. It's been an amazing time, uh, to quote Charles Dickens, truly the best of times and the worst of times. And so I rejoice in the light and seeing all of the essential workers go through what they have had to go through and come through it as the heroes that they are. I must give credit to CNN because every day during the course of the day, they do segments on 
heroes, the essential workers who have gone through and are going through so much stress and strain and yet seem to find the strength and the power within them to keep going and through their tears to feel grateful that they're trained to do it and that they're able to do what they can and to grieve with those whose relatives have not survived. They are tremendous heroes. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to see them because these are people who live across country. We might never meet them or ever see them or get to know them, but we have an opportunity to see that the same strength and the same power that they have within themselves, we also have. And so they are definitely way showers to us. I'm also grateful as I look back on 2020 for the incredible appreciation of life that is shared with us by those who have recovered from COVID, for those who have gone through the most difficult of physical challenges and are so grateful to be alive. Too often, we just glide through life and we sort of hit an average. Things are not too terrible. They're not too great. But we just kind of slide along in that middle. But this past year, 2020, has been one of great tragedy and great triumph. Today on CNN, I saw an account of twin sisters, one of whom had been in a coma for more than 57 days, spent over 100 days in the hospital, and has come out of it alive and well. I think these sisters are somewhere in their mid-50s or late 50s, and the joy that they both had was palpable. It was amazing for these individuals to realize that they had gone through hell and were now living in the days of heaven. So thrilling, so thrilling to be able to feel such passion. Now, the fact of the matter is we don't often feel a passion for living, not often enough. We don't have opportunities too often in our lives, which many times are routine, to feel the highs, and we're pretty grateful not to feel so many lows. And while most of those lows are extremely difficult and extremely unpleasant, the point is that we have survived them. We have survived them over this year, and that makes the joys much more precious. It makes the highs more precious. And so one thing that I think is really important about going through last year is taking the conscious opportunity to just be happy when we can, to be truly grateful for that which we formerly thought was ordinary. After this year, we might not be so quick to pass by those ordinary experiences. We can truly rejoice in them and give thanks for them. So, how do we prepare for the coming year was the last part of the question, and my answer to that is, I think we've prepared. I think the fact that we've made it through the end of this year 
opens us up to the fact that we're much stronger than we thought, that we're much more resilient than we thought, and that we are more aware of our own power to make changes. And now, of course, I'm talking about the world of politics and and human rights and the issues that are near and dear to our hearts. Over this past year, we've learned how much our voice matters. And so in 2021, we can go out in the world and actively make the changes that we want to see because our elected officials can't do it alone. They need us. They need our support. And so I'm thinking that 2021 is going to be a new year of nationwide participation to allow our voices to be heard and to feel and really understand how much our voices matter. Okay, so let's go to the next question. What is the most important takeaway from living through 2020? One of the big takeaways of 2020 for me has been gratitude. It's been so shocking and horrifying to see uh, the amount of, of hunger and poverty that has been just spreading like crazy through this country. And there have been so many times this year more than any other time in my life where I have just been shocked and all I can say is, oh my gosh, I am so grateful that I know I have a meal coming up, you know, that I know that I have just the basic security, the basic necessities. That's that's something that I, I think maybe a lot of Americans might not have considered before, but now that so many people in my generation especially can see that kind of of societal uh, damage that's going on right now, it's it's really shocking, but it it instills a, a deep sense of gratitude, I think, as well. And also, it's prompted me to be more giving, to try to be part of the solution. We've been going to the food bank more often, making donations. It's it's so important that when we see these horrible things going on around us, that we do whatever we can to be the change we want to see. My most important takeaway from living through 2020 is acknowledging the incredible resilience and ingenuity of the human spirit. So many of us have had to find different ways to do our jobs, to do our work, and it has been a struggle for many of us, and yet for many we have prevailed. For example, when our churches had to close, there were huge protests. You've got to open the churches because the people have to worship. Well, there were tremendous health risks and still are in opening those church buildings for large gatherings. And so for those of us in the clergy, the biggest question was, how can we convince our congregants that worship is not something that needs a building, that the church is not the building the church lives in our hearts, and we are the ones that are the congregation and we can worship anywhere, even online. Well, the second thing my colleagues and I began to realize was we didn't really know how to do that. Some of us, like myself, were very lucky 
because I was able to call upon Matthew and his expertise. And he started learning things like crazy because we needed to figure out how to do a live stream, how to pre-record the service, how to do all kinds of things, how to do music, how to do meditations, so much to learn. And so we've managed to do that throughout 2020. We've managed to have our virtual services, and it's so exciting for me to be able to watch so many of my colleagues and and see how they conduct their services, to share information with one another, and to connect on a level that we really didn't before. And so this necessity bred a whole new level of relationship and an understanding that no one can prevent us from worshiping because that decision is not in anybody's hands, in any government's hands, in any virus's hands, but our own. We're the ones that decide when and how we can do it. And for me, uh, I am feeling probably more connected by doing our weekly videos. Uh, I love the medium. I love being able to relate that way. I love being able to have the special effects that Matthew's able to create. It's really quite exciting to explore the different ways to create an ambiance of worship. And so, again, my takeaway is that it is most exciting in the midst of tragedy to be able to see that there are other ways and maybe even better ways, more cost-effective ways, more inspirational ways to do the things we've done before in new and different ways. And so I'm very excited about that. The last question we're going to talk about today is what words of advice can you share with your listeners? For me, the biggest advice is to not give up. I remember when lockdown first started this year and all of our school had to go online, I was so disappointed and worried that I wasn't going to get the musical training or the experience that I needed. I was going into my senior year and graduating soon. And so this thought was was really weighing on me that, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not going to be able to to make it once I graduate. I'm not going to have all the skills I need. But then pretty soon, we started seeing things like Yo-Yo Ma's videos called Songs of Comfort, where he was encouraging people to post online. It was really inspiring me and getting me excited about working on these home recording projects for the first time. So instead of getting together with friends and recording songs... I was learning how to play the other instruments and and learning how to record myself doing those different instruments and layer them and edit them together and do mixing and all kinds of stuff that goes into that that ended up being a part of my schoolwork as well as the semesters went on. So it really was a big challenge that definitely started from this place of, of real sadness and frustration but it ended up becoming so satisfying, especially as I started doing them the projects more and I learned what I was doing more and got better at them. And so I was happier with the products that were coming out, but also happy with how much I was pushing myself in areas that I probably wouldn't have. 
I'm I'm assuming if we had all been still meeting in person and going to classes, I would have been focusing almost exclusively on my bass playing and playing in all of my ensembles and doing all the stuff that I was doing before, but not working on piano as much or not working on my singing as much and definitely not learning all the technology as much because honestly, I was avoiding that. I was putting it off. I was saying, oh, I don't need to learn this. I don't, I don't really want to learn this. I already learned all the video editing software. I don't want to have to learn another thing. But then I did. <laughs> I had to learn it real fast. So it was a challenge, but it's been so rewarding. So definitely not giving up because there's always this opportunity to learn something new or push, push myself in a, in a way that I hadn't expected before. I love that, Matthew, and what a joy it's been for me to witness this growth, this change in perception in you. It's really been powerful. Thanks so much for sharing that. What words of advice can I share with our listeners? Well, probably one of the most important reasons that Matthew and I began this podcast to begin with was an understanding that Things that we want, things that we cherish, ambitions and goals that we have in life often require more effort than we're prepared to put in. Yes, of course, there are times that things happen quite easily and we're very excited about that. And we begin to expect that everything we want will happen easily. Otherwise, maybe if it's too hard, we shouldn't be doing it. Now, we've done a couple of episodes about that. And we've done episodes about the hero's journey, about the fact that what we want can often create a dynamic of resistance. And it's our part of our mission, and it's part of our mission to work through that resistance, not to give up because there is resistance. And so the advice that I want to share at the end of 2020 and to take into 2021, when we start really getting off our affirmation and making a difference in the world, is that our goals often take more energy to manifest than we believe they should or believe that they do. But the good news is that we have that strength, we have that power, we have that endurance, and we have all that it takes to align ourselves with the highest will of the universe and manifest our heart's desire. What we need to do is get off our affirmation. And so I bless you all on behalf of the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. We want to thank you for listening, and we want you to tell your friends about our show, and we want to get together and we want to take the action so that, as Matthew has said, and we have often said, we can be the change that we want to see in the world. I so look forward to connecting with you next week in 2021. Thanks so much for listening. Please like us on Facebook at the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Go to our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. Please get in touch with us and leave a review, leave a comment, and send us your question that you want us to answer. God bless you. Have a wonderful holiday. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs>